بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله عم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إمام حارث المحاسبي says واستعين بالله في كل أمر واستخر الله في كل حال seek seek assistance with Allah in every matter and ask Allah for khair and for goodness and for excellence and everything else that comes along in that meaning for in every situation so ask Allah for goodness and excellence in everything that you do and seek assistance in Allah in every one of your matters now this is very important I think this ties in with something that we discussed uh, some weeks ago where we were discussing maybe it wasn't in this gathering maybe it was somewhere else but the lecture is online it's about uh, people who are who can't have children and that wasn't here was it no but it's online uh, basically what it is is that it ties in with the whole idea of any kind of sickness what what should our approach be in any kind of sickness and uh, in terms of sicknesses in terms of illnesses clearly if somebody cannot have children that's a really big psychological issue so a lot of people what they will do is they will obviously turn to maybe medicines and tests and uh, IVF treatments and things of that nature which is completely fine to try to get a treatment for something for any illness for that matter but the one thing that we generally miss out in anything which we highlighted there was that also use two other things number one use all of the spiritual means which are to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's what he's saying in any one of your matters whether that be writing an essay for school whether that be in helping you to get a job or to do something at your work, a project that you need to do, or whether that be in part of your studies, or whether that be purchasing something in your house, or whether that be studying, or whatever it may be. in billahi fi kulli amr. You have to ask Allah for assistance in every matter because everything is in the hands of Allah. Everything is within His powers. There's nothing that we can do on our own. Whatever we do do, it's basically, it's based on whatever power Allah has given us. And whatever facility he has provided. So, we will facilitate ease for them. Those who do good. And those who are miserly, then we will facil- facilitate, is probably not the right word here, but it basically says, we will facilitate difficulty for them. So, facilitation, preparation, giving us context and giving us the right environment comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We may have all of the capability in the world to do something, physically speaking, uh, quali- uh, in terms of qualifications. We may have the qualifications to do something. We may have trained for years to do something. But the one who actually facilitates that at the end, the end product, the benefit, the barakah, the consequence of it, and the result of it, and it being praiseworthy and blessed, that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So... If nothing else, there's actually no harm in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anyway. But that's not the, the reason we should do it, that oh, we're just going to do it. The whole point is that we want to do it. Because He wants us to do it. 
Whoever doesn't ask Allah, Allah yaghdab alayhi, as the hadith says. Man lam yaghdab So based on that, there's something else that I want to speak about. Aside from illnesses, there's another thing that really plagues human beings and puts, in, puts them into great difficulty. That, that's the topic I want to discuss briefly here. Uh, not in terms of what is the philosophy behind it, because that will take much longer. What I want to discuss just today is how do you ask Allah? So as I said, one of the things the way we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to ask Him by dua, by turning to Him. And the other way that you do it is that whatever methods Allah and His Prophet has suggested, we use them. So when it came to illnesses and so on, you know, we had zamzam water, right? We had shifa in honey, we had the black seed, and uh, we, these were the kind of more holistic ways of doing things. So while you may be taking medicine and so on as well, but also take these things because that adds to your whole holistic approach to something so that we're showing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we're doing what you have told us to do. Likewise now the, the topic for today is about debt. This is something that um, as, as you will see there's a statement of uh, Umar radiallahu anhu it says that debts begin. He says uh, this is a hadith that's related in the Muatta of Imam Malik. It says, "Iyakum wadain, Iyakum wadain, fa inna awwalhu, fa inna awwalhu hammun, wa akhirahu harbun." The beginning of it, fa inna awwalhu hammun, wa akhirahu harbun. It begins as a concern. It begins as some worry. There's a bit of a concern. I need to get a debt, and you take the debt. But at the end of it, sometimes it ends up in a war. It ends up in great difficulty. Because if you can't pay back, and especially if you haven't moderated your uh, debt, if you haven't taken it according to just absolute need, properly calculated and properly judged that I will be able to pay this back in the time that you've basically promised, then you're going to have to start lying. You're going to have to start evading. This is generally what happens, isn't it? When a time comes up to pay, uh, then you end up ducking and diving, making excuses, false promises, letting the other person down. Subhanallah. And if it's, if it's an official, if it's a formal debt, then you get people knocking at your door. People standing outside trying to take your car, trying to go into your house and take your possessions. The bailiffs. Subhanallah, it's quite tough and it get, ends up in a war. That's what he's saying. So the whole idea in general is to try to avoid as much as possible. What, what the ulama mention is that there are two types of debts that a person, or two states in which a person may take a debt. That the nizam of the world is that sometimes a person doesn't have enough for their basic essentials. There are people who don't have enough money to eat. There are some people who have gone, I mean I met some, some individuals like this recently in India. And basically their medicine costs about 20 pounds a month, but they don't have 20 pounds. They've just had a stroke. I mean, the guy's had a stroke. His left-hand side is all gone, paralyzed. And in order, the medicine that seems to be working costs about 1,700-1,800 rupees, which is about 20 pounds. That's it. But he doesn't have that kind of money because he probably just has enough to scrape by to maybe just eat for him and his, his wife and maybe his son. So there are people like that. So people do sometimes need to take a loan from somebody, short term, generally, 
so that they can go and do something that they need to do. Basically for an essential. That's what we're saying. They need to take a loan to feed themselves, maybe to take some transport to go somewhere that's important. Um, this is not luxury loans. This is not for indulgence loans. These are not loans to have a nice holiday. I don't have the money, but let's do that. This is not a loan to buy a new TV. You've got one, right? But now you want a nice big LED, you know, whatever you call them, the big ones, the curved ones, just because your friend has one. So you need to do that. So the idea is that if a person takes a loan for a need, the sources indicate that you will be assisted in repayment. Right? If you have to. But it also says that وَمَنْ يَتَعَفَّفْ يُعِفُّهُ اللَّهِ The one who abstains, the one who wants to remain chaste of this and aloof of this and doesn't want to يَتَكَفَّفَ النَّاسِ doesn't want to put his hands in front of people then يُعِفُّهُ اللَّهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him will make him chaste. Allah will keep him a, but that, that, that requires, there's a tawakkul aspect there. There's a reliance in Allah aspect that that needs to. Some people need to take a loan, and they take a loan. Allah will help them pay it. But those who take it for additional things that are not necessary, they're just for indulgence, they're just for fulfilling desire, they're for showing off, they're for competing with somebody, they're just for enjoyment purely. And it's sometimes beyond the means. I mean, one of the simplest ones to look at here, simplest examples here, is when a person needs to do it because... He needs to really show off in their wedding and they don't have the money and a basic wedding will cost them 20,000, right? You could get a wedding for seven, 8,000, right? If you want to feed a decent amount of people, you could do it, seven, 8,000. But no, you need, you know, you need the additional adornments and embellishments and the special cars and the special hall. You can't get the local hall, the community hall. You have to get a special one, a special banquet hall, right? You know, for example, because your brother did that. Or your friend did that, or other people in your community did that. So you take a loan of 20,000 to do that. that. That's all. Then in that case, you're, it, it's, it's, uh, there's a hazard in that. Because then you're not going to be assisted. Because that's not done purely out of need. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands need. Allah is with the people who are in need, whose hearts are broken. Allah is with them. Allah is with the vulnerable. He assists those kind of people. So if a person is in need and he takes a loan, it's understandable. But where there's no need and then they take a loan for no reason, right? that's where it gets, a pro it gets problematic. Um, because I want to focus entirely on the cure or on the solution for this in, this, in terms of the du'as for this, that's why I don't, I'm not going to go too much into the philosophy of it. That will be, inshallah, some other time. But what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nahl is, وَمَا بِكُمْ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ فَمِنَ اللَّهِ Whatever bounty that you have, that you've been given or you found yourself in, that is from Allah. ثُمَّ إِذَا مَسَّكُمُ الدُّرُّ فَإِلَيْهِ تَجْأَرُونَ Then when difficulty strikes you, when, it's, when some kind of difficulty comes upon you, then, then to him, that, then you have to return. Then to him you have to turn. The Prophet ﷺ, just in generally, just to give us uh, some context here, there's a hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari where... It mentions very clearly that the Prophet sallallahu this is a narration of Salama ibn al-Aqwa radiyallahu an. The Prophet sallallahu used to really, really discourage uh, loans for no reason, especially those that you're unable to pay in due course. So if you are going to take a loan, make sure that it's something that you can pay off. So it's a calculated loan. So the hadith says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
was brought a janazah. A funeral was brought to him so that he pray upon it. He make the salat. He said, Hal alayhi min dain? Does he have any debt? So they said, No. So the Prophet ﷺ performed prayer. Then another one was brought some other time, you know. And the Prophet ﷺ asked, Hal alayhi min dain? Does he have a debt? They said, Yes. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Sallu ala sahibikum. You, you guys pray on your, on your companion. He refused to pray. He didn't pray. So then Abu Qatada radiallahu anhu was there. He said, ya Rasulullah. I'll take care of his dain. I'll take care of his debt, Ya Rasulullah. So then the Prophet ﷺ performed. Jabir radiallahu anhu relates this in a slightly different way. Or maybe it's a different incident or maybe it's the same incident, probably a different incident, which is related by Imam Ahmed from him. That a person passed away, we, Jabir radiallahu anhu is saying this, a person passed away, we were doing, uh, we bathed him. And then after that we put on his hanut, his perfume and so on. And then we gave him the shroud, we shrouded him. Then we came, brought him uh, to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam so that he could pray on it. So we asked, Tusalli will you will you pray on him? So he took a few steps in that direction it seems, to pray on him. And then suddenly he said, does he have a debt? Does he owe anybody any money? So he said, yeah, dinaran. He owed two gold, two gold dinars. He, that's how much he owns. So the Prophet turned away to show that he's not going to pray. Abu Qatada radiallahu an, said that I will assume responsibility for this. I'll take liability. Right? So we came to him and... Uh, Abu Qatada, he, he agreed to take responsibility. So the Prophet said, um, you're going to take responsibility and you're going to pay off the person who is owed the money and then this person will be exonerated. That's just to clarify what kind of responsibility he's taking. So Abu Qatada said, yes, naam. So then the Prophet performed salat on him. Right? Now you would have thought it was done and dusted, right? But no. About a, a day after that, the Prophet ﷺ said, what happened to those two dinars? Have they been paid off basically? So he said, no, I think he was busy yesterday, he couldn't do it yesterday. So the day after, the Prophet ﷺ asked again, have they been paid off? And then he said, Qad Yes, now I've paid them off. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-an baradat alayhi jilduhu. Finally, it's only now that his skin has now cooled. Basically saying that he was still within the suspension of having to repay the debt, having died without having paid it. That's why you'll notice the practice that we have generally, you'll see at our janazas that one of the family members generally will announce that if there's anybody who owes money to them, uh, to his, to, uh, who, who's owed money by their deceased, then please let us know and we'll pay them. So it's quite important. It's not like just some kind of ritualistic thing that's happening there, but it's important. And the main thing is that one needs to manage their debts. Don't take on more than you can. I mean, the kind of student debts, I know there's some doubt in there as to how that takes place and all the rest of it, whether you have to pay and so on and so forth, right? So it's just best not to take on debts unless it's very necessary and... uh, I'm not discussing student debts today. Right? That's not my topic here. So I'm not, you know, I'm not speaking about it either way. 
I'm just mentioning debts in general for whatever they may be. And as I said, if you are going to take them, make sure they're taken for necessity only, not for indulgence. And if they're taken for necessity, it's good. I mean, there's another hadith that I'd like to clarify here as well that the Prophet said, whoever takes a debt, whoever takes a loan with a express full intention to repay it, Allah will help him to repay it. And there's like no doubt about this. Seriously, if you've taken a, de- uh, a loan for a very important necessary reason and your full intention is to pay, you've calculated it, Allah will help you. You may even end up paying it before you thought you could have paid it. Believe me, like, there's no doubt about that. But if somebody takes a loan from somebody to squander it and with no, no real intention to repay, and he's got lots of money, let me just borrow the money. Right, no real intention. It says that Atlafahullahu Ali that it will be destroyed upon him in the sense that he won't gain any barakah with this money that he's taken. And it'll make it very difficult for you to repay as well. He didn't really get the fulfillment out of it. So I'm gonna just tell us a few du'as today. That's really what I wanted to discuss today. A few du'as because there's a lots of people in this. Lots of people who have some kind of debt, whether it be long-term debt, short-term debt. It's a it's a worry on the head. It's something that really plagues people, makes it very difficult to them. So that's why, let me, let me just go through a number of du'as. You don't have to do all of these du'as, but there are approximately 14 to 15 du'as that are mentioned in the hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ sought refuge from debt. There's about 14 or 15. I'm going to go through quite a few of them. Now, inshallah, we'll, um, we'll put some of this up online, some of these du'as up online. You don't have to do all of them. Maybe you can do one of each of the different ones and uh, keep that as part of your dua even if you don't have a debt this doesn't mean that only if you've got a debt you should be we should be reading these duas the idea is that we want to be protected from ever being in a situation that where we have to take a debt that can't be managed by us aisha radiyallahu anha reports that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to recite this dua the following dua in between his tashahud in the last sitting, his tashahud and the salam. You know, at the end, after the salawat and the Prophet ﷺ, we make a dua. Some people say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Some people read, Allahumma inni zalamtu nafsi zulman kathira. But in addition, you can add there, especially in your sunnah, nafal prayers especially, you can add there this following dua. This is what the Prophet ﷺ used to recite. And most likely, this is referring to the, his nafal prayers. Because if Aisha is reporting that, then most likely it's the home prayers, the tahajjud prayers, the nafal prayers, because that's where she was more closer to him. As an imam, the Prophet was outside in the masjid, Abu Bakr, Ibn Masood, they would know about this. And generally within the Hanafi school, they encourage additional du'as and so to be done in sunnah and nafal prayers as opposed to fard prayers. Keep the fard as they are and add all of these things. So generally, uh, this is the du'a. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika. Uh, you can repeat it at least, so we've read all of these du'as once at least. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghram. Oh Allah, I seek your refuge from ma'tham, which comes from ithm, which means sin. Right, so I seek your refuge from sin and maghram, which comes from gharam, gharama, which is liability, burden, uh, uh, which is basically debt we're talking about here. I seek your refuge from... Uh, from sin and from debt. Especially the, the debt that he's talking about is the, the debt that you feel the liability for that is uh, it weight, weighs upon you. So then somebody asks that 
um, the, somebody asked the Prophet ﷺ, because remember, if he's doing this in many of his prayers, as Aisha is reporting, then somebody asked uh, the Messenger, why do you seek so much refuge from debt? Why all of this seeking protection from debt? He says, because uh, this hadith is in Sahih al-Bukhari, by the way. إِنَّ الرَّجُلْ إِذَا غَرِمَ حَدَّثَ فَكَذَبَ وَوَعَدَ فَأَخْلَفَ Taking a debt could actually bring out the worst in you. Could bring out the worst in you. A person when they غَرِمَ When they are in debt, they will speak and lie. Because what else are you going to do when the time comes up and you don't have the money to pay or you don't intend to pay? Uh, I've heard the stories. You know, I've, I've seen cases like this and the uh, amazing, incredible stories people will make up. You know, I had the money yesterday and I lost it. You know, I had the money, I was about to bring it to you and uh, this Sunday came. There's another guy who owes me. It's always a chain. In debts, it's always a chain. You know what I mean by a chain, right? You owe somebody money. You're, you, the, way you, the, the way people generally calculate this is that I'll pay when that guy pays me. And he's got the same kind of onward chain. And that guy doesn't pay him, and he doesn't pay him, and he doesn't pay him. Subhanallah. It, it's, it's quite complicated sometimes. So the person, where he'll speak and he'll lie, he will make promises and he will break promises. That's what the Prophet ﷺ said. That's why the Prophet ﷺ is seeking so much refuge. Don't let me get into this situation. And remember, the Prophet ﷺ did used to get in debt. Because he didn't have much, sometimes his debt was generally based on pawning, which is to give something, like uh, at the end before he passed away, he had given a piece of his armor, a coat of armor, to um, a pawn uh, owner, shop owner, pawn lender, whatever it is, and he had taken some money from him for that. So generally that's the way he would do it, so at least there's a collateral, at least there's that proxy you know, in place of it, so it's not like just a pure, le- a pure loan where... Uh, at least in this case, if he can't pay, the person can take the possession, the article that he's left with him. Uh, there's another hadith which is related from the Prophet ﷺ in the Majma'uz Zawaid. Anybody who seeks a debt, uh, seeks a loan from someone, and he doesn't really intend to repay back properly, at least in time. I'm telling him two months, but you know what? I'll pull a year or something. Really not, nothing much you know you can do uh, they can do really right so he took the money but then so the Prophet said that after that the person died without being able to repay in time he will meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a he will meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a thief the way a thief will have to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this person didn't really steal, did he? He didn't, because stealing means to take something surreptitiously. He had obviously taken it with permission, but his intention was like that—to not give it back—and he died before he was able to give back. So it's quite a—it's quite a difficult thing to get into. Now let me go through some of the du'as. Aisha radiyallahu anha relates. This is a hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to recite this dua. So in one version it has the shorter one, um, which is actually part of this longer one. So that, that was actually just part, uh, part of this longer dua. The actual full dua is, Allahumma inni a'udhu bi min adhabil qabr. 
This is what the Prophet used to make dua for in, in his sitting, final sitting. Oh Allah, I seek your refuge from the punishment of the grave. min fitnatil dajjal. I seek your refuge from the uh, from the trials of the Dajjal, the, the when he comes. min fitnatil mahya wa fitnatil mamat. And I seek your refuge from all the temptations of life and all the trials that death will bring. So you can see these are of immense nature. These are really enormous problems and fitness. And then he would say, If you notice, all of the others were kind of on these big events. And then the qard, the sin and the debt, he's added that to it. So we should we should try to read at least that last person, uh, last one, last one. Another hadith is related from Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu, in which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that when you lie down on your bed, you know when you lie down to rest, then read this du'a, and you can repeat this after me: Allahumma rabb al-samawati wa rabb al-ardi, wa rabb al-arsh al-azim, Rabbana. وَرَبَّ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ فَالِقَ الْحَبِّ وَالنَّوَى وَمُنْزِلَ التَّوْرَاتِ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ وَالْفُرْقَانِ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ أَنْتَ آخِذٌ بِنَاصِيَتِهِ اللهم أنت الأول فليس قبلك شيء وأنت الآخر فليس بعدك شيء وأنت الظاهر فليس فوقك شيء وأنت الباطن فليس دونك شيء اقض عنا الدين وأغننا من الفقر This one's related by Sahim in Sahih Muslim Abu Hurairah reports this O oh Allah, the Lord of the heavens and the Lord of the earth and the Lord of the mighty throne. Always invoking some of the mightiest things. O oh, our Lord, our the Lord of everything, the, the one who allows seeds to come, uh, allows um, uh, the one who tears seeds apart to bring out the fruit, uh, to bring out the plants from it. So this is quite a phenomenal activity. The one who revealed the Torah and the Injil and the Furqan. I seek refuge in you from the evil of everything uh, whose forelocks or whose, uh, whose neck you have in your possession. Basically everything that's under your control and can be evil, oh Allah, I seek your refuge from it. Oh Allah, you are the first and before you was nothing, you are the, you are the end and after you will, is nothing. You are the manifest and there's nothing above you. You are the hidden and there's nothing, more, there's nothing that is, uh, that is uh, 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 below that. Uh, and this is the main part, اِقْضِ عَنَّ الدَّيْنِ um, repay our debt, repay fr- from us our debt, whatever debt we have. And this doesn't have to be just money, monetary debt, it could be any debt, you know, debt to Allah as well. And keep us safe and free from need and poverty. So, even if you can't read the whole thing, if you are in trouble and you, know, you are fearful of this, then read the whole thing. Otherwise, at least read a part of this every day. 
Another one is Ali radiallahu anhu relates in Sunnah Nabi Dawood. This one is Allahumma inni a'udhu bika biwajhika al-kareem wa kalimatika al-tamah min sharri ma anta akhidhun binasiyati. Allahumma anta takshifu al-maghrama wal-ma'tham. Allahumma la yuhzamu janduk wa la yukhlafu wa'aduk wa la yanfa'udha al-jaddi minka al-jadd subhanaka wa bihamdik. Again, invoking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of his uh, great uh, names and words and um, everything under his control. And then he says, Oh Allah, you are the one that removes debt and sin. So basically seeking assistance in, in, in that. Another one is uh, just a simple iqdi anni dayna wa aghnini min al-faqr. That's related uh, by Tabarani's Mu'ajam al-Kabir from Salman al-Farsi radiyallahu an. Um, another one is this is a very comprehensive one. If you can actually learn this, it would be very, very, very useful. Abu Umama radiyallahu anhu Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu relates that once the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as he was entering the masjid, there was an Ansari companion there. He asked him, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa asked him, why he was there outside of the time of prayer. This wasn't the time of prayer, maybe 11 o'clock or 3 o'clock or whatever. It wasn't the time of prayer. He said, what are you doing in the masjid at this, at this time? His name was Abu Umama. So he says, Ya Rasulullah, I've just been overwhelmed with concerns and grief, anxieties, and I'm completely submerged in debt. Lots of difficulties, lots of griefs and worries, and submerged in, de- de- in debt. So Rasulullah said, Should I teach you some kalimat, a formula, some words, which will remove your cares and also help you alleviate your debts? He says, of course, Ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet said that, read the following morning and evening. Ask for the following every morning and every evening. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ham. Okay, read this one. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan. It's, hum, uh, it's hazan or huzn, both works, right? If you see it written differently, I'm just mentioning in Sayyid Bukhari, it says, hum wal, uh, it says, hazan or huzn. Wa'a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. Wa'a'udhu bika min al-jubni wal-bukhl. And then, wa'a'udhu bika min ghalabati al-dayni wa-qahri al-rijal. So again, very, this one is actually, would be very useful. Oh Allah, I seek your refuge from worries and griefs and sadness and anxieties I seek your refuge from inability and also not just inability like genuinely you have an inability an impotency but you also a kasal laziness lassitude laziness somebody loves to procrastinate it's just very lazy can't bother doing anything they need to do it then this is a very good dua and I seek your refuge from cowardice cowardice and also from miserliness. And then finally, I seek your refuge from an overwhelm, from overwhelming debt. Ghalaba. It dominates you. You can't deal with it. It's submerging you. It's drowning you. Waqahri rijal. And the aggression of people. Aggression of people. Aggression of people or people having power over you. Especially when it comes to debt, that's what happens. So it's a very, very famous, uh, very important du'a.
This is related in Sunan of Abi Dawud. And the very famous dua which is related by Imam Tirmidhi, which is from Ali radiallahu anhu, he said that Ali radiallahu anhu says that a, once a, a slave came to him who had a debt on him and he wanted some help from Ali radiallahu anhu. So the, he said to him that should I teach you certain words and formula, a dua which the Prophet sallallahu has taught me. And he said that, and he said that this is such a dua that if there is as much as a mountain of debt on you, right, a mountain of debt on you, then Allah will help you fulfill and repay that debt, even if it's as big as a mountain. And then he taught him the following dua, which is Allahumma kfini bi halalika an haramik. So read it, Allahumma kfini bi halalika an haramik wa aghnini bi fadlika amman siwak. Which means, oh Allah, suffice me with your halal. Whatever you've made halal, suffice me with that so I don't have to go into the haram. An haramik. So away from your haram, suffice me with your halal. And aghnini, which means give me freedom, exonerate me by your grace from anybody aside you, anybody besides you. So that I don't need to ask for anybody, from anybody besides you. These are, you can say there's about three du'as in here, or four, right, which are, you can say, different. The other ones, they, what they do is they add on a number of other, uh, they add on a number of other, Characteristics of Allah to ask Him by. Uh, another one I'll just mention Abu Sa'id al Khudri in Sunan Nasai. A'udhu billahi min al kufri wa dain. I seek refuge in Allah from disbelief, kufr, and from debt. He's equating kufr and debt, putting it in the same because sometimes debt could be so heavy. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us away from need of others. Suffice us with him and with the halal. And if we have debt, Allah allow us to uh, fulfill it quickly. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us of those who run into that kind of need. That we have to then be submerged in that kind of debt. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarakiyadu al-jalali wal-ikram. Subhanallah al-aliyyi al-a'la al-wahab Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim <coughs> Oh Allah, we ask you for complete forgiveness Oh Allah, we ask you for your mercy We ask you forgiveness for all of our sins All of our wrongdoings, our shortcomings, our deficiencies, our defects Oh Allah, we have not fulfilled your rights O oh Allah, despite the abundant things that you have provided us, the bounties that you have given us, O oh Allah, sometimes we end up using those same bounties of yours for your disobedience. O oh Allah, if it wasn't for your clemency, then we would, we would be in a very bad state. O oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us. O oh Allah, we ask that you make us of those who are constantly turned to you, with those who are constantly in gratitude. Oh Allah, those who are those who are constantly in your remembrance. Oh Allah, grant us your love and the love of those who love you. Oh Allah, make our surroundings conducive for our obedience to you. Oh Allah, make us of those who consider the halal things halal and who consider the haram as haram. Oh Allah, we ask you for 
those things which overwhelm us, which take us away from you. O oh Allah, we ask you protection from debt. O oh Allah, we ask you protection from being dominated and overwhelmed by concerns and griefs and, <clears throat> and worries. O oh Allah, make our only worry the hereafter. O oh Allah, make our only concern you and the hereafter. O oh Allah, grant us your pleasure. O oh Allah, grant us your pleasure. O oh Allah, in all that we do, we ask that you guide us aright and you bless us in what you give us. O oh Allah, we ask you for your blessings, the greatest of your blessings of this world and the greatest of your blessings in the hereafter. O oh Allah, we ask you protection for our, our iman, our states. O oh Allah, our children, our property. O oh Allah, we ask that you protect our progeny until the day of judgment. O oh Allah, you make our households households of iman. O oh Allah, you protect them from all of the evil which is out there. O oh Allah, you do not allow any of that evil to come and plague our homes. O oh Allah, remove the darknesses from our homes. Bring in light in our houses. O oh Allah, remove the remove all of the difficulties O oh Allah remove all the evil consequences of our own evil our own nafs and our own sins that has torn families apart and that has taken away barakah from homes O oh Allah we ask that you bless us all and you allow us all to remain debt free O oh Allah if those of us who have debt we ask that you Assist us in repaying our debt quickly and easily. O oh Allah, you protect us from any undue hardship. O oh Allah, grant us Jannatul Firdaus. O oh Allah, grant us Jannatul Firdaus. O oh Allah, and you give us blessing in our worthwhile, praiseworthy projects. O oh Allah, we ask that you send abundant blessings on our Messenger Muhammad wasallam and make us be in his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.